The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. I'm Benita. And I'm Tiffany. And welcome to the One Power Channeling Hour, where we talk all things Wheel of Time. Welcome to uh, the first episode of the TV show. Woo-hoo! Uh, we know, of course, it's called Leave Taking. This is uh, episode one of season one of The Wheel of Time. So uh, just to give you guys an idea of what to expect now when you are listening to the One Power Channeling Hour. And raving about it to all your friends and getting them to listen. So uh, what Benita and I are going to do is break down the episode scene by scene. So we're going to do like a full on recap. And we're also going to tell you what we think about it while we're recapping. So that's basically how this show is going to go. It's going to be full of spoilers. We're going to try not to uh, spoil too far ahead into the book series if we can, but no promises. Uh, But we'll try to alert you if that's going to happen. But yeah, so we're going to do some detailed recaps. So if it turns out you can't watch the TV show for some reason, you can definitely find out what happens in it here. Uh, and you can also hear what we think about all the changes in the world of the Wheel of Time. And oh my God, there's so many changes. So many changes. Oh my gosh. Um, we're going to release episodes every Tuesday, so you can plan on that. But um, since Amazon gifted us with the first three episodes all at once this week. Uh, We're also going to gift you with three episodes in our first week. It'll be uh, a little crazy, Um, but we're going to do it. And uh, so we'll probably release those Tuesday, which is when you're listening to this. So I don't know why I'm telling you that. Uh, Also, (laughs) uh, We'll do episode two on Thursday. uh, So you can listen to it if you're really bored with your relatives during Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, then we'll release our third episode on Saturday, and we'll be all caught up with you um, for the following Tuesday for episode four, which comes out on Friday. Uh, any other, like, housekeeping we should do, Benina? Uh, I don't think so. I'm so just chomping at the bit to talk about this that I'm like, nothing else matters. We must speak of this now. Um, yeah. I did like that first watch, just like watching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and just so everybody out there knows, like Benita and I have not talked about our feelings yet at all, at all. So it's you're here. Not a word, because I was like, we we have to save everything for the show because it, there's just so much. I was um, I was uh, texting with my brother as we were watching this, so I've I've been able to bounce ideas off of that. Um, Okay, before we go into the recap, though, should we just give a real brief, how do we feel? Mm. Like, overall, first impressions, two sentences. Let's do two sentences. How do you feel? Oh, gosh. Yeah. How do you feel? Two sentences. Um, I think I feel optimistic. Okay. And... You get you get a whole sentence. You don't have to just do a word. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm already doing it wrong. Um, oh my gosh. Two sentences. Well, I think I feel that there are some heavy changes 
Mm-hmm. Most of them I'm here for, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of surprises me. And uh, second, I have a lot of questions about the choices. That yeah. maybe, um, just so our audience knows, I don't think we got into this last episode. Benita and I both come from a, a, a theater background, artistic film background. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so as a dramaturg, like it's literally my job to be the caretaker of the script um, and the story and also be the spokesperson for the, the writer if they're not there. So I think that's like kind of uh, a perspective uh, a way I'll be trying to like kind of break down these episodes just because like there's no other way I can. I'm not like a super like fully trained dramaturg. I'm sort of like a weirdly uh, like that's what I've become in my life type of thing. No one's fully trained for anything though. Yeah, good point. Like, just making it up. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm a former actor and film director, so that's. Yeah, that's kind of, so yeah, I think, I think that is really important to know about us is like, we come from an arts background. Right. And specifically like, you know, this type of storytelling and not from like an English literature mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. specifically. So, um, did I give two sentences? You said you're optimistic. That's okay. You don't have to give two sentences. This is our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Also true. Uh, but I do have a lot of questions about some of the artistic choices. Oh, that's right. No, you did get two sentences. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I I am surprised at how many of the changes I am here for, too. Um, I feel like a lot of the choices really serve the story, serve, serve the world. Um so I'm fine with the changes, but I am frustrated or uh, I don't know frustrated is the right word. Um, I like it. I like it. I will start by that. I like it. Um, but I am, um, I'm not feeling great about the, the, darkness of the tone Mm -hmm. and we can and we can get into why later um i don't know do we get into it no we'll get into it later that's fine it's not about pretty fast i think yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah so i would say that's how i feel i overall feel good but they're gonna have to but i'm 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 concerned Maybe they'll turn it around, but I'm concerned about the darkness of the tone. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, and I know we're, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Well, soon. So let's okay. get into this recap, okay? Uh, episode one, season one, leave taking. So um, uh, it's my turn to, uh, to lead off the recap. We'll be switching off every week. Uh, this one was written by the showrunner Rafe, so I'm just going to point that out because I think it's interesting. Each of the three episodes had a different writer um, and kind of felt that way too, a little bit to me. But anyway, recapping, here we go. Uh, we open on Meringue. She's getting ready to travel. Uh, she says the world is broken. That's the first line of the uh, whole entire series. Um, she talks a little bit about the arrogance of men. Uh, and how they broke the world, and she's putting on her clothes to travel. I love that we get to see her packing up a little angry, y'all. I love that. I love that. Yes. 
and then uh, I loved her whole outfit, like little suspenders, and <laughs> jacket, and I'm like, she looks cool. Like put the um, put the hood up over her head, um, and uh, she tells us that the child who is the Dragon Reborn is coming of age now, and we must find them before the dark does. Hmm. You see the ring up close. It has a blue stone. And uh, she tells us that we don't know if the dragon was reborn as a girl or a boy. And then we meet Lan in the hallway and he's looking fine. And then we walk out to the horses and go into our little title shot of the Wheel of Time logo. And that's the beginning of the show, y'all. So let's stop there. (laughs) those important visual elements we just got and so many important visual elements unexpected storytelling maybe yeah yeah i i mean i i think i did i think one of the few things that i did talk to you about or texted you about was i was like born a boy or a girl what that that's one of the things that i just I don't know how I, I have a lot of questions as to how they're going to handle that because it's such a central theme in the books that Sidon and Sidar are two very different things wielded by different genders. Um, So I I mostly, because they did such a good job with a lot of the other changes, I'm trying to withhold judgment on that in particular, but I have a lot of questions. Um, But as far as the other things that we see, I mean, I I was just such a fan. Like I was just so, I was fangirling so hard during this scene that like I was literally tearing up. Oh my God, it's so fucking lame to admit that, but I was, I was tearing up and I was like jumping up and down and my husband was chewing crackers and I literally shushed them. And he left the room in a huff because I was, he was like, I'm being mean. I was like, shh, quiet. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's an unexpected take to start with Moraine, but I like it. It's a nice intro into the world. It's a nice way to get a lot of backstory in an interesting way. So I was here for it. I don't like the rings. The whole point is that they're fucking inconspicuous and there's nothing inconspicuous about that ring. Also, do you get a second ring when you choose an Aja? Like, I don't, I don't like the rings. Although I did see something online that was like, this is really going to help Amazon's merch because the, the, the actual eight, you know, the, the Aes Sedai rings that are more true to the book are like completely saturated the market and have been for a very, very long time. So it's like, I don't know if that's the reason, but I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Seems like it could be. And then you have to like get one for each Aja or, you know, okay. you have to, like, choose your Aja specifically. <laughs> I don't know. It does seem like it might be like a kind of merch point of view. Maybe. Um, but I was just excited. I was excited. I liked her outfit. Um, it was cool. It was different. Again, I think this is this is where we first we're first introduced to things are going to be different, right? Because it's very clear how Moraine dresses in the books. He says her skirts are divided for writing. And these are not 
skirts divided for writing. These are straight up, she's in pants. Um, so it's just like a first little, things are different. But I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. Same thing with me. I'm like, you know, I thought like, uh, uh, it's interesting. I really liked the focus on, uh, well, okay. We'll get into this later too, because it keeps coming up or it's going to become more apparent, but they never, ever talk about Sidon or Sidar. It's just the power. <gasps> oh my God, you're right. Yeah. How did I not even think of that? I don't know. We, Mario and I were like, really tuned into that right away because we're like oh they're definitely like just getting rid of that altogether yeah. which I have questions about relating to like obviously later on in the series mm-hmm. but um but well okay let's get to the next scene because mm-hmm. we'll get into this so uh out of that we uh are taken out into some mountains somewhere and there suddenly uh we see the legs of two men running running for their lives and they're being chased by women in red who are on horseback uh the woman in the front uh, she's blonde. She has long hair. It's not in multiple parades that are beaded. I was mad about that too. <laughs> and she says, I said stop. And then she brings down the mountain in front of the uh, pass so that they are stuck there. One man turns to the other man and says, we can't die like this. Uh, and then uh, turns to the woman and says, don't hurt him. It's not his fault. And she says, what are you saying? There's no one else here. And we go back. Second man is gone. So uh, our woman in red in front is, of course, Leandrin, who is a red sister. And we know that the red sisters, well, you don't know this in the show yet, but we know (laughs) that the red sisters are uh, consumed by preventing men from channeling. Um, She specifically tells us that when you touch the power, you make it filthy. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, We get to see her ring up close. That's how we know then that she is also an Aes Sedai. And we see it after she calls the other women sisters. Uh, and then she stills the man. So I think I'm just going to stop there real quick because that was like, uh, I think the specific scene where I was like, oh, okay, there's no side in and side are. There's one power. If the men touch it, they're making it filthy, which is completely different from the book. So in this world are the men all cursed by the dark one and not the power that they touch that was my big question so i didn't i didn't i didn't pick up on the fact that they never talked specifically about sidon and sidar but when she said you make it filthy i was like "Mm, what yeah you know and it feels like that just Again, that changes so much, right? That is a core element of the books. So I'm, again, I'm trying to withhold judgment on that in particular, but I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to do it because the whole point, okay, and this is going to be a major spoiler here. So we'll tell you how far to skip ahead. Fast forward about 10 seconds. To 1541. The major point of when they cleanse Sidon is that now the men can touch it. You know, it, 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 it's, it's that, it's that there's an oil slick on top of the taint or the corruption, right? And you have to dig through that to get to the pureness. So I'm like, 
Is it like a chemical reaction between men and the power since it's the same thing? Like what, what, what is that? And, you know, my question is, you know, if they're trying to get away from gender stuff to, to begin with, which, you know, I'm all for, like, that's cool. Um, then you're still like, they're still creating a binary, right? Like, just because there's no side in and side door, there's still a binary with women can touch it without a problem, but men can't because men make it, you know, men create the filth. So then what's the point? Yes. And also then if Egwene is the dragon reborn, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> exactly. who cares? Cause she's not going to go crazy and break the world. Yeah. So like what, like what's the point? Like, what's the point? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of uh, explore that because uh, right now it's, it's I'm not really seeing how they're gonna stick that landing. But yeah, uh, and I don't even see why. Because again, like, if you were trying to get rid of of the binary, you haven't done it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what's so what's the point? Yeah. Um, I will say about this scene, I really liked uh, the depiction of madness, of the madness. The oh, I loved it. I literally got chills. It was like, there's no one else there. I was like, oh, <laughs> crazy. Um, so then we pan out and we see that Moraine and Lan are uh, kind of up above them and they're watching. And Moraine tells us it's not him. And Lan says, but he's about 20. He was born, you know, almost to the exact day of the prophecy. And she says, it's not him. Land's like, okay, where's next? And she says, the two rivers. There's rumors of four Tavarin. Oh, God. Like, I hate, I hate this. I hate this. Yeah. It's a, it, no, it's three. It's like, what? Like the whole, oh. Yeah. This is this is one of the changes. I swear I can get down with a lot of the changes, but this I do not understand. Like, it's the trio. Yeah. But also, like, I feel like, you know, in the future, it almost removes the power of what Egwene accomplishes if she's a Tibetan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, so she says we're going to the two rivers and the old blood runs deep, which is kind of a refrain we're going to hear uh throughout the series probably and uh and then we get oh i was wrong now we get the gorgeous landscape and the wheel of time logo so forget that earlier part where i said we saw the <laughs> oh goodness gracious i should learn to follow my notes more closely then we get the wheel of time logo but we just get the logo we do not get any kind of intro besides that so it like spins in and looks cool um so we're on our way to the two rivers okay so we get a great shot of the mountains of mist and women walking uh to the side of the mountain and where we find Egwene. Egwene is having her hair braided by one woman and Nynaeve is uh giving a, a ceremonial speech uh where she says we all stand with you this braid like represents that you're one of us now um, and she lets us know that she's the wisdom and that it's her honor to welcome her to the woman's circle. Uh, and she 
takes her to the edge of the cliff. And we get the scene that we saw in the trailers where she says, be strong and trust the river and pushes her off the cliff into the river. Uh, we say Egwene struggle in the water and then float peacefully until she gets out on the shore. Her braid has held. She has completed the journey to being a woman. I love this scene so much. I think this is a perfect example of where they made changes that just really enhance the story, right? Because so much, I mean, this is one of the things we talked about in the first episode, right? Is like the women of the books are pretty two-dimensional for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so I really love that here we get to see something that we only really heard about in a very cursory way in the books, right? So we get to see it and it's just, it's beautiful. And it's also gorgeous foreshadowing of what it means to touch the power, right? Like you have to surrender to it. Um, Yeah, I thought visually it was beautiful. I thought we learned so much about them. Um... I just, I, I loved, loved the scene. I loved the thing of like, we will always be there. We're always with you. Just like, Ooh. yeah. And deepening the meaning of the braid, which I think we're going to mm-hmm. see later on. Um, cool. So then we get to uh, Rand and Tam who are leading uh, Bella. Bella. They eventually finally call her Bella at some point. Um, <laughs> and they're bringing um, casks of brandy, apple brandy, into the town. And they hear wolves. Uh, they mentioned that there's more wolves now and that something's pushing them out of the mountains. And uh, Tam tells a cute little story about Rand that he used to go uh, wandering and picking berries. And he would always save some baskets to take to Egwene. And Rand says, I used to be a real sap. <laughs> and that's the end of that little <laughs> Beautiful father-son moment. I really like Tam. You know, it's so interesting that he was such a villain, that actor in Game of Thrones. And now he's just playing, like, a perfect Tam. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that scene. It was just, like, you know, a sweet little get-to-know-you, under- you know, get-to-know-the relationship. Yeah, and I feel like this is going to be a refrain of mine throughout, but I'm so impressed by the acting and the casting. The actors are really fantastic. Especially yeah. for being, like, mostly unknown. I thought, man, there's a lot of depth to these characters and these actors. They're just really, like, hitting it just right for me. Uh, tone notwithstanding, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we can, you know, we can take umbrage with... <laughs> you know, how they've, they've chosen to do things, but that's not on the actors at all. And I really do. Yeah. I thought all of the actors were really good. Even, you know, even, um, our minor characters, I really liked, like we can, you know, we'll get into when we meet them later, but. Oh yeah. (laughs) We're about to get to one of my favorites soon. Minor characters, but anyway. Okay, let's get into Emmons Field finally. Uh, we see all the villagers are bustling. It's Beltine. Uh, well, we're getting ready for Beltine. It's not quite there yet. It's winter uh, night. And then we go into the tavern and we see my favorite minor character, the lady who's like, ha 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 ha. She's having a good old time. I'm like, who is she? 
Um, I think she's one of the Coplins or the Congers. Interesting. My thought was that she was maybe uh, Mistress Luhan, but... Oh, no, no, no. She gets named as one of the Coplins or Congers. Oh, she does? Yeah, yeah. I I think they... Or they're like... They well, I should say they talk about like the I can't remember if it's a Coplin or Conger, but they like talk about them. They're like, oh, because they were saying to Tam, like, oh, we didn't know if we were going to bring the brandy this year, and it's like, oh, we can't have you know the Congers remember any of tonight or something, and it like cuts to that woman okay. laughing. So I'm assuming that's who she is. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I don't think that the Luhans exist, <laughs> but we'll take we'll get there. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, so we see my favorite minor character woman laughing hysterically, and then we see Matt, Perrin, and Rand are all drinking and dicing with another woman who goes unnamed, uh, and Matt loses very specifically, um, and uh, the lady wins and she walks away, and we learn that Perrin is married, y'all. Okay, uh, and then Rand is pining for Egwene. And uh, uh, there's a uh, parent has learned from someone. I kind of missed. Like uh, there's a little mumbling. Maybe yeah. you can talk a little clearer. But you know, uh, there's a war going on in Gielden, so that's how we learn about that. Um, and uh, we close in on the bracelet before Matt leaves to go after this lady who was at the table who won. She's wearing a bracelet. And then he goes, you know, probably to make, you know, I think it's heavily implied that he's going to make some moves on her. Uh, and we hear from uh, uh, Perrin and Rand. They talk a little bit about, like, how much money did he lose this time? Um, and then the door opens and it's Egwene. And she's standing there and everybody stands up and gives her a standing ovation because she has returned. Uh, from her journey and uh, her dad so sweet goes up to her and says my girl I was worried and they have a big hug we see Nynaeve looking at her proudly um, and then uh, Egwene's about to get back to work and her parents her parents own the inn uh, and my favorite lady she says no you're drinking with us tonight <laughs> and, uh, and then Rand looks really sad because Egwene didn't immediately come and talk to him so let's stop there a lot just happened. A lot of yeah. a lot of changes just happened from the original books, like a ton. Uh, first of all, I will. Well, okay. Perrin is married. What? What? Oh my god! Probably the biggest change. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So I, we haven't gotten to it yet, and what what happens later with his wife? But I, okay, should we talk about it now? What happens with the wife? No, we together. We have a few more scenes where we're actually going to see the wife. We haven't seen her yet, so we can get a little bit more in that. But my first thing was like Mario and I both looked at each other. And we're like, "What?" Because that's like clearly a humongous change, right? Like when yeah. he's and and okay, well, overall, like the the characters are just a lot less innocent than they were in the books. Yes, would never see them drinking in that in never. Yeah. So here, here's my issue, right? So first of all, as soon as Baron ends up married, I was like, oh, that bitch is going to die. <laughs> I know. because like, She's got to die. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think this is where we can really talk about the tone shift of the show versus the books, right? Because 
the show is much darker. The characters are much more mature. And I think this is a really a product of Game of Thrones, right? Like that was a very dark show. It was. Um, And I think that's kind of what people come to expect. And, you know, Amazon is obviously trying to compete compete with that show right like everyone's trying to find the next game of thrones and this is this is their play for that but my my real issue with them being so much more mature is i think it really takes away from our hero's journey because if you look if you look at the arc of our characters over the entire series they start out really naive really innocent And then they get more and more jaded. And I think you could say to a certain extent, they they kind of at points become terrible people, right? Like they do bad things. And then by the end of the books, they return to their heart, to their centers, right? They are no longer innocent, but they still retain that goodness and that moral upstanding and that strong moral compass that they got from the two rivers. So it's like it's like they return unto themselves, but more mature, but more mature and empathetic and understanding. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave us if they're these mature people drinking and carousing and like what you know what I mean? Like where's yeah like where does that leave us where do we go i totally agree with you on that um i was like they would never be doing this like what is happening yeah like the the books are like pretty pg-13 um and i yeah i just i think i don't know i think they're doing it to try and keep it from being like to, to try and broaden that audience and so many people are used to a very dark sensibility because of game of thrones and the world that we currently live in and that's kind of what's what's cool but i i miss the innocence i really miss the innocence of these characters yeah it feels like there's gonna be yeah there's less there's less for them to learn i guess but the dark side but at the same time, I do feel like some of these choices are really adding some of that depth that we're missing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just so many things that are going to have to change. Like, you know, it's just like this domino effect where, you know, certain things that we're about to talk about happening are going to have such profound changes on the storyline and how these characters react like later in the um, in the series. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how... Uh, how things are going to turn out with that i think i think all of our main characters had huge changes happen in these opening scenes to them that really have uh that are going to have a profound effect on what happens to them in the future yeah i think um yeah like like you said a lot of these changes i think add a depthness and a richness and uh kind of lets us understand why there are certain like certain characters are the way they are that we never really learn about in the books. Right. Um, and some, some ways I really like that. Like, you know, Matt being a gambler is a huge change, but I love that because we, you know, because of who he turns into, right. Like him being a gambler 
Well, also a bad one. Well, with Matt yeah. like, specifically, I mean, it's a few scenes away, but why? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, is a huge change. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the to the story because we're gonna keep like coming back to this like because they there's so many changes. Yeah. Uh, uh, specific here. So next one that's huge and coming up. Uh, so we're we're in night now, and uh, my favorite lady is still drinking it at the store, but Egwene's back to serving now. Uh, and Rand is looking really pensive. He's like watching her. Um, they have a meaningful look with each other. We're not quite sure what that tension is between them. Um, and then uh, Rand and Perrin kind of have a little interaction, and then suddenly uh, the they seem to really like just focusing on the feet first in this show. <laughs> they really do. Uh, so, uh, so we see boots on the ground walking in and then there's silence and there's wind and Nynaeve uh, takes charge, which I love. She says, name yourself. And we see Lan Mandragoran in the flesh, in the inn. And he says, and this is Moraine. And uh, she says, we need rooms. And she flashes the ring. And somehow all these people in the two rivers know she's an Aes Sedai. <laughs> well, with a ring like that. I guess. But, you know, like, that was one of the things that in the books, too, was like, it felt like everyone in the two rivers thought Aes Sedai were a made up story. They thought everything mm-hmm. was a made up story. Like, they didn't know that these people actually existed. And Moraine didn't reveal herself to be an Aes Sedai at first. You know, she was just like a noble woman who happened to be in the town. Still probably like everybody's real skeptical of anybody who just shows up in Emmons Field, like that they don't know. But um, I felt like everybody immediately just had, they totally knew that, you know, it was like, oh, this is not my first Aes Sedai I've seen. Like, I know what they're about, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I actually didn't mind that because, you know, I think this was, this was a way to, like, tell the audience, right? Like, we learned so much about the world based on people's reactions. So I was like, well, okay, like, we're learning about the Aes Sedai. We're learning, like, look how respected and feared they are. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't mind it. Good point, good point. But it still, for me, was another, like, indication of the lack of innocence of our characters and the yes. universe in general. Um, they do say like parents like oh she looks like a normal person and they're like oh maybe she's going to the war and then Neve's like I don't care where she goes as long as she goes you know classic Nynaeve I mean she said it a lot better than that I really like our Nynaeve just like, <gasps> I love our Nynaeve you know, she's great um, and then she specifically says to Perrin where's Layla she's probably at the forge Iron is hard to work alone, and she's judgy, judgy, judgy about Perrin being in the inn without his wife. So, hmm, what's going on there, we wonder. We're immediately taken to the fires of the forge, and Layla is working. Um, and there's a tension between them that never really gets explained. Uh, but they, he says to her, like, what are you doing here? Everybody's at the inn. Like, they said you didn't even... Uh, go to the ceremony and he kind of like comes up behind her and puts her hand his hand on her belly so I'm like oh is she pregnant we don't really know but uh seems heavily implied with the visual and uh, uh they have a real uh, Star Wars moment with uh I love you <laughs> I, love you. <laughs> I know um so that's our first time meeting Layla she's just um yeah she seems 
I don't know what's going on with the two of them. Uh, doesn't seem like the happiest of marriages, but um, but we don't get any answers about that. At least, at least in these first three episodes, we didn't. So I don't know. There she is. What did you think of Layla? I mean, she was fi- she was fine. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, the actor was good, um, but it was. Uh... Yeah, I think I was just so thrown that I'm just like, wait, what? I definitely was like, oh, she's either pregnant or had or had had like a recent miscarriage because okay, that- of what we see later, right? Because, because of the distance, right? To me, when I think of a strained marriage... And there's like belly touching, right? It's like a miscarriage has is incredibly painful emotionally, and like you know when when a couple goes through something like that, it's you know people deal with grief in different ways, and so like that could cause the rift that he's like I love you, but they're not together, and yeah, I thought I thought something in that world too. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah. I mean, he was good. It's fine. But also, like, you're not in the books. Go away. Well, other huge change, though, that I think is really significant and will be significant in the future, it seems like Perrin and Layla are the blacksmiths. Like, there's yes. the apprentice. They're yes. the, the, the Lujans. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, they're not there. Um, and, uh, that's a big change because I think that, you know, that, that, that matures Perrin so much. Like, right. He's no longer an apprentice. Yeah. These are not apprentices. These are adults. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Matt even says you're married. Your life is already over. Yeah. You know? So again, we've lost, we've lost that innocence. Can we just talk about pronunciations real quick? Yeah. I just want to take a little sidebar. So we mentioned last time that in reading the books, you completely butcher pronunciations, right? Like you just do. Well, so I decided to start listening to the audio books to help me like correct that. Cause I was like, I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> show. I want to know how to say some goddamn shit. And so I'm like, pract- like literally practicing along with the books. And then I watch the show and they do the pronunciations totally different. So in the books, in the audiobooks, it's Gildan. What did they say? What did I say? I don't even know. It's like, no, they say it differently in the in the show. It's like, it, it's not Gildan because that's what I say. I've said in my books. I, now I can't even think of it, but it's also different. Well, so I'm like, the accent. Listen, if that's what I said in the audiobooks, then you would think that all of the pronunciation should be the same. So that's just, I'm just mad because I've been working really hard to change these things in my mind. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's another big change that's coming up. We now focus on Matt, who I also love this actor playing Matt. Why is he leaving? But anyway. Um, Matt finds his drunk mom and she's watching his dad hit on another girl. And then, uh, 
he's like goes to find goes and like carries his mom back to the house where his little sisters who i think have been aged down from where they are in the book mm-hmm. um they're dirty they're like maddie is mom sick again uh and then she looks at him and she says you're gonna be just like your dad damn frick something else that i didn't quite catch uh and matt's just like come on girls why don't you sleep with me tonight instead of mom and dad like oh yeah yeah so so here's why matt like they felt a need i guess to justify why matt's kind of seems a little bit more like a I don't know. He just is not as moral, I guess, as the other two. And, you know, in the books, it's just like, oh, he's like a fun-loving prankster. Like, and then I'm like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to be a gambler and a womanizer. That's just what I like, you know? And here it's like, oh, I have this like really dark family that everybody like knows about. My parents are like the town joke, which obviously is not the case in the books. Yeah, what did you think? You know, I feel really split on this because I do I do really like that they this gives Matt a richness mm-hmm. that's really beautiful because at the you know as the books progress, he is he, he does have this incredible heart. Um and I love that. But I also really miss the fun of Matt. Matt is not charming here. I like the actor, but he is not charming. He is a prick. Mm. And that's Matt's superpower is that he is charming, right? He can charm anybody. He can talk anybody into whatever. And we, so I guess we can kind of see that with his dad, you know, his dad's a horse trader. And so, um, here he is chatting up this woman. But again, like, where's the, I mean, not that it should be fun that he's stepping out on his wife, like, you're a jerk. But um, yeah, like, I miss, like, that, that, like, throughout the three episodes, I just missed the fun of the prankster, Mm. right? And the thing is, I think you can have the seriousness of his life situation with the prankster layered on top, right? Like that can be his uh, coping mechanism, you know? Uh, So I I don't think those two things have to be mutually exclusive. And I don't know why they made him so dark, right? Like keep his backstory super dark. That's, I think that's all fine and good, but yeah, I miss that. Also, this scene was incredibly difficult for me to watch because I have, I have two girls. And so I was just like, why is no one taking care of these babies? I was, I was like very upset watching it. But Matt is. I know, but I'm like, why are the faces dirty? And where's the mom? Yeah. Um, that's my own personal baggage. I can no longer watch anything where children are even mildly neglected. (laughs) I get really upset. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, another thing that stuck out to me is they don't curse like they do in the books. Mm 
there's no like blood and bloody ashes. There's no, the only thing they say is light. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I kind of miss that too. Like, I think that's again, trying to make it more accessible for people. So like, you know, whatever, this is one of those changes that I'm like, fine, fine. But, um, but I, but I, I miss it. I miss it. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the mom being a drunk and I'm okay with Abel no longer being this stand up guy like he is in the books. Um, because it does give Matt a richness and a depth. Um, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. But you didn't find him charming. So maybe the next one no. will be. Who knows? Honestly, that's what I keep hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't blame the actor for that. Like, I, I definitely feel like that's like a direction. Like, that's a, that's a real easy fix. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Did you find him charming? Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I did a little bit, but maybe that says something about me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like, I don't know. I thought like. Tiffany likes pricks. <laughs> that's, that's the story. <laughs> Sorry, Mario. Uh, um, But I, I don't know. He had like kind of like a more, you know, sort of. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, like a swagger? Yeah, he had a little swagger to him. Like, he did. And he did have like a few lines here and there that I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But there's just not a... I don't know. He was just so sad to me. Like, so sad. They, pre- they presented him like he needed charity. You know? Yes. With his friends, like, kind of like, were like, oh, we're worried about Matt. He's going to turn out... Like, they felt... It felt like they thought he was going to turn out just like his dad. You know? Yeah. Like he's on this like super dark path. Yeah. It's like, I mean, not yet. <laughs> I want to like show like maybe, um, maybe they're thinking that they're going to show his like Tavaran nature and his luck turning by showing him so down on his luck in the beginning. Yeah, you know? maybe. And then like suddenly he's going to be like, um, but we definitely don't get there yet. We definitely get to some darker stuff in the in the next two episodes with Matt too that we're I, that aren't going to leave. Yeah, I want to fall in love with Matt. He's the dude in the books that. Okay, one day when his severe nature turns in, his severe nature comes in, and I am, you know, he's tugging on my thread of the pattern. Yeah, fall in love with him. I'm just like, there's nothing I would fall in love with you about you. Like, maybe when I was younger and you know wanted a dude who was mean to me, but right now. Come on. Now you can see that, like, my book crushes were always, like, the outsiders, guys. <laughs> well, see, yeah. See, I always, yeah. You liked him a little mopier? Yeah, a little mopier. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, shut up. Make me laugh. Be funny. Ah, I love it. Okay. All right. Here comes another big scene or a couple of scenes. Okay. So uh, we're back in the inn. And everybody's cleaning up from the night when the end Tam's there. And, uh, and uh, uh, Bran and... Uh, Egwene's mom. I can't remember her name. What's her name? Uh, uh, Miss, uh, I totally escaping me right now. Mrs. Alvier. Uh, she, uh, I liked that actress quite a bit too. Um, and, uh, and then they're like, they're discussing what Aes Sedai are like and like, oh, maybe she's going to the war. Why is she here? And like, you know, Tam is obviously, you know, worldly for a reason. Uh, and he's telling them a little bit about what he thinks about Aes Sedai. And then they're like, hey, Rand and Egwene, why don't you guys finish the dishes together? And we finally have Rand and Egwene 
alone and they're flirty 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 uh and he's like oh how was your thing and she's like i can't talk about that and she's like well you can at least tell me it's me you can tell me if it was good or or bad and and she's like something's clearly on her mind she's like it was good and uh she's like i'm sorry i'm just thinking and then he like takes her in into this like very like hot kiss hello uh and uh and uh then he's like hey my dad told me he reminded me about when i used to pick berries as a kid and i would bring them to you like some lovesick puppy and then he's like here's this sexy strawberry and then she's like has that been in your pocket all day and then uh they're like never mind and let's sexy hardcore make out on the on the dishwashing station like oh my god what? Yeah. Well, yeah. They never kissed in the books. Yeah. Sure. This was another one that I didn't mind because I was like, I, you know, I think, I think they did a really sweet job with their relationship. Like, I like that we see more of their relationship because I think it, it, I think it'll serve us later. I hope so. But I think also like, it's really interesting that they actually are like super, like in love with each other because I don't feel like they were in the books and that was what made it like so easy for them to be like no I love you like a sister like a brother and like he just moves on and she moves on and it was no big deal um but here uh you know they're clearly like very into each other uh we take a brief pause from uh Rand and Egwene to see uh Naked Haughty Land <laughs> I mean, I was not mad about that land butt. Oh my god. Hello. A hot man butt. He's like super I I really enjoy this land, I have to say, as well. Like he is uh very hot. Um, Can we we get him to speak just a little louder though? I'm like mumbles O'Malley. Like I cannot understand anything that you are saying. I had to literally I almost put on subtitles. Oh my gosh, I really, oh, that's such a good idea for the next rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> it's okay, but he's brooding and, and hot. And, so brooding. Oh my gosh, he got in naked with more rain in the bath. What? Uh, but, uh, uh, and then it, they had a really cute exchange where he's like, it could be warmer. And she's like, okay, let me channel. It's a little warmer. It wasn't sexual. It was just very intimate with them, you know. Yeah. Like, well, because, um, well, in Shinar, they take baths together. That's, like, not a big deal. So I thought that was, like, a fun kind of uh, tie-in with that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but Moraine is from Kyrian and is very, like, I don't know. I, I'm still like halfway through my reread of New Spring, but it's like they're very like she's uh, her modesty is like a huge theme throughout that book. Yes, although I think I don't rem- I don't fully remember if this happens, but when they're in Shinar at the at the end of this book, I think she takes baths. I think that's like a thing. Or maybe I'm thinking, I might be thinking of the king's With land? sister or wife. I mean, here, yes. I mean, it's definitely like a little like Ooh. risque, but I think the culture that he comes from and they've been together so long, I think I buy it. It's different, yeah. but I buy it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's a, like it's no big deal. 
to them. I feel that. It definitely didn't seem like it was a big deal to them, but I, I felt like it was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt that way at first. And then I was like, oh, but maybe it's okay. Um, it was a very cute exchange with like the whole, like make it warmer. It was cute. Yeah, it was totally cute. And, uh, and, uh, and then he asks her, or he doesn't really ask her. He's like, you think it's one of them? And she does. So that's interesting. And then we, uh, we go back to the inn and, uh, we get post-coital Randon Egwene. Like, oh my gosh. I was literally clutching my pearls. I know, right? He's like, you let me fall asleep. And she's there like all wrapped up in her little blanket. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this would never happen in the book. Like in a million years, like right in the middle of her like parents, like. And like, uh, anyway. Um, And then she tells him that Nynaeve asked her to become her apprentice. And says that Nynaeve thinks that she'll be able to listen to the wind too one day. And he says, being the wisdom is a lonely life. You have no husband and no kids. And she says, I haven't decided yet. And he leaves. Um, Okay. So there's obviously a couple of things in there. First of all, like having Rand and Egwene not be virgins is a huge change from the books. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause clearly we got, I mean, it was a pretty big scene when Rand did lose his virginity eventually. Yeah. He, spoiler, that's gonna be a little spoiler. Yeah. Because he thinks he has to marry Avienda. Yeah. Cause he's like, oh, we did it. We have to get married. Yeah. <laughs> and clearly, like, that's a, that's and same, a and same with that. Yeah. And same with Egwene. But, you know, like, okay, so I'm not, like, super into, like, puritanical society or not. So that's fine. Like, it's fine. It's just a big change. And it, like, again, it has that domino effect on other things that happened in the books. And I'm totally on board with, like, you know, uh, being a little bit more 2021, like, no slut shaming, blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's... Yeah, and it was, like, very clear that this wasn't, like, the first or the fifth or the tenth time that this is happening, right? Like, they've been doing it for a while. So, I mean, like, uh, so their relationship is totally changed, which is fine. Like you said, like, I'm, uh, I guess, you know, maybe it's also a product of, like, a TV show that doesn't know how many seasons they're going to get through. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, we don't even know if we're going to get to these other relationships. (laughs) This one. Um, But no, I do like the, I like having a deeper um, relationship between Egwene and Rand. I think it's good. I think that will bear well in the later parts of the season. I do too. But I was definitely like, I I was aghast. (laughs) They were like, (gasps) you know, they showed that part in the trailer and it kept being like, uh what like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that can't be a thing like these kids are so innocent like they would never dream of having sex with somebody who uh is not their wife unless you're Matt like Matt does (laughs) but they're like oh no we're marrying like you know anyway so that was interesting it was like just a big change and the other change is um wisdoms don't have a lonely life they can be married they can have children so it's actually uh it's actually pretty rare 
for that to happen. So yeah, I actually, so I started rereading the books again mm. in, in prep for this. And um, so wisdoms seldom marry, they can, and they seldom have kids. But because Nynaeve is wisdom of Edmund's field, uh, Egwene would have to go to a different town. Oh. So that, like, in the books, that's kind of the thing, too, is, like, she would leave. Hmm. But, if we, yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like she was already the apprentice when, like, the book started. So, like, mm-hmm. it was still, like, they were still going to end up getting married. Like, that wasn't... Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. For the books. And also, I think the one that takes over from Nynaeve is somebody's... She's married. Um, um Interesting. But um, so that's why it just struck me. But that's interesting that uh, that that is a thing. I didn't realize that from, you know, my like soft memory of like the early books. Uh, But I was just it just struck me that I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But but it adds some drama. It raises the stakes for their relationship. And I think it's it's more interesting if they're breaking up before they go on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So we're in the rain now. And it's dark and we see a lonely horse. I think we see feet again before we see anything else. Uh, and then Tarantino directing this thing. <laughs> and then we see a faceless man and a horse with a mask. And uh, that's pretty scary. So then we immediately go to Pot and Fane. And uh, he's the uh, merchant and he's riding in with his little wagon and uh, the kids are all so excited. You can hear him like saying like, Oh, Mary bell time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. And we see, uh, we cut to, there's some, these cuts happen really fast. So I'm just going to get through like a bunch of them and then we can stop and talk again. Uh, this, sorry guys, this channeling hour is probably going to be a little longer than an hour, but it's the first episode. So I think you can deal. Okay. So, uh, uh, so then we, we swing over to Egwene and she's serving Tam and Tam says, oh, Rand left before I woke up, like went home to the mountains where they live. Uh, we then swing over to Layla and Perrin who are in bed and still we feel that little bit of tension between them in bed. We still don't know exactly what that is. Um, and then we swing back to uh, Matt approaching Pot and Fane, um, who calls Pot and Fane calls Matt his best and poorest customer. And he has the bracelet from the girl that he, uh, we saw him with the other night. So uh, apparently what Matt's deal is in the TV series is he sleeps with women, steals their things, and then sells them uh, for money. And we know why he's selling them for money, but that is kind of like... Uh, it's dark. Yeah, it really is, right? That is definitely not a Matt thing in the books. But um, And he, uh, he calls Pot and Fane a rat bastard, which... Uh, we don't know yet is true, but <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> anyway, then we cut to uh, Matt is, uh, oh no, sorry, Moraine is walking through the town um, with Lamb, and she says, you didn't sleep last night. Uh, do you think one of the eyeless is already here? And then we go back to Rand, who's on the mountain, and he's sitting out and overlooking on the mountain, and this is apparently a place he call, uh, he sits a lot to think. Uh, Egwene approaches him. Uh, Rand says he wonders about his life in the true rivers when he's sitting here on the mountain. He thinks about his wife. He thinks about his kids running through the woods. Wayne starts to tell him that he, she's going to become the, uh, wisdom's apprentice. He says, I know. And they embrace each other. 
and they cry and they break up. Want to want to talk about so far? I think this is all pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'll just uh, quick say I really like the actor who plays Pudden Fane. Yeah, I like him a lot. That smile that he has. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's evil. Yeah. Yeah, I dig him a lot. Yeah. Shit with Mac is really dark and yeah, makes me feel bad inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the Rand and Egwene uh, breakup really in character for uh, Egwene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I love that we're already seeing her put her hopes and dreams and desires before, you know. Yeah. Um, we're seeing her make really tough choices, too. It's not easy for her to leave Rand. She clearly, they clearly very much love each other. And I, I like Yeah, that. they've been doing it. We've been doing it, yes. Uh, okay, so then, uh, then we get Nynaeve is scrubbing pools. Um, and Moraine approaches her. It's kind of like inside of a cave. Uh, and uh, and Moraine says, uh, you're not from here. And uh, they say that the, the old wisdom brought you here when you were a baby. And no one remembers when. So we feel like Moraine's kind of like fishing for info about Nynaeve. Like, what's her age? Is she another one? Um, maybe she doesn't quite know if Egwene's the one or if uh, Nynaeve's the one yet. You know, the one girl. Uh, yeah, interesting. Her. I don't know. Uh, just occurred to me right now as I'm uh, rereading my notes. And then, um, and then, so Nynaeve tells her that when the old wisdom had brought her here when she was a baby, was 13, the old wisdom realized she could listen to the wind and she walked to the White Tower. It took her months and the sisters turned her away because of her ragged clothes and peasant accent. And I turned to Mario and I said, they would never do that. What never oh my gosh they would never turn away any girl from anywhere who didn't have the potential to who had the potential to channel yeah so i'm like okay that's not a thing um but i guess they wanted to like make you know have Nynaeve a little more reason to hate the Aes Sedai um i don't know but i just thought that was a really weird choice to uh make that a storyline when it like the books are so clear about how like the tower's almost desperate for for new women who can channel because they don't have any left. You know, the, the novice quarters are half empty. Like, you know, like they need more women who can channel. They would never turn somebody away because they had ragged clothes and a peasant accent. So this scene actually made me have a lot of questions, right? So first I'll just say it, it that story does give us more insight into it gives us a reason for Nynaeve to just like hate the Aes Sedai, to hate Moraine as much as she does. Cause like in the books, it's like, it's a little out of left field. Like it's really intense mm-hmm. for, for, for no goddamn reason. Right. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it left me with a ton of questions because first of all, if the woman who trained her listened to the wind and knew that that meant that she could be Aes Sedai, right? Mm-hmm. She, she knew that that was channeling. Mm-hmm. Then does Nynaeve know that she can channel? Because it doesn't, because in the book she doesn't. And it's like the whole, that's her whole thing about it being a block. And then why doesn't she use it? You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's, that was really, really weird to me. Yeah, that is. Crazy. How do you? Yeah, because how do you, 
then you know that you're channeling. If you if you're going to the White Tower, that you know you you can channel. Yeah, you know that listening to the wind is channeling. So then, naive know she's channeling. Then what? Like what? Yeah, that's very confusing. I was just really yeah. yeah. I mean, it does feel like the, like she has some kind of sense that listening. I don't know. I don't know. It's very complicated. Like like Nynaeve's playing it very close to, you know, like she's not really revealing much. Yeah, I just didn't know. I like. I just didn't know. I, I'm like, it was again. It just left me with a lot of questions. Also, what is this pool? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like. Okay, so these pools are special, uh, but this isn't where we saw our ceremony take place. So, okay, whatever. Right, and she's cleaning it, and I was just like, what? Uh, Quick spoiler, maybe? I don't know if this is a spoiler. Is this going to be where, is this the eye of the world? Oh. No, it can't be. No. I mean, who knows? They're changing so much. I don't. Well, like, I know it isn't from the books, but yeah, I don't think it is. Um, it is interesting, though. Next episode when she goes back there, we're talking about it next. Episode. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I was very grateful to find out that Nynaeve is still twenty five or twenty six, because right. <laughs> I know we were very skeptical. We thought maybe Nynaeve was going to be the same age, and uh, don't you? Dare make her the same age. Oh, I'm so grateful that uh, her storyline remains very much the same. Not the same exactly, but the same, similar um, to the one in the books for her. Yeah, her core is the same. Yeah, which is great. Um, but she's uh, very defiant, stands up to Moraine in this scene, and uh, we're left with more questions than we have answers for. So here we go. Uh, we're back in the village. Boys are at the table drinking some more. These guys love to drink. Um, and they can kind of tell that something happened with Egwene and Rand, but they don't really get into it. Um, and then we get to Egwene and Nynaeve are on the bridge listening to the wind. And uh, Nynaeve says, can you hear it? And Egwene's like, yeah, but it's wrong. What does that mean? And Nynaeve's like, I don't know. So we're getting all this foreshadowing again, you know love like this is a, a beautiful foreshadowing like i think in a lot of in a lot of scenes they do some really beautiful foreshadowing and this is a perfect example of that oh, and i just love that we're like really seeing like the love between Egwene and Nynaeve yeah like throughout this episode and i think that will also really serve the story later on too yeah um so then we see that Lan is stalking around in the forest and he uh sees a circle of bloody deer that are somehow in the shape of an half-sized die-action symbol. Okay. Uh, I'm sure the are smart enough to do that, but all right. Um, so random. <laughs> I, guess I think it was be- it's beautiful, yeah. but I was a little like, mm, okay. Yeah, like, like really need that, but sure. Um, omen, 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 omen. And then we get we get a shot of the window at the inn. Moraine is watching the boys who are still out at the table. We see Rand and Perrin uh, give Matt some money to buy lanterns for the girls, and he thanks him. We do know that Matt already got lanterns for the girls, so I don't know. Here's another part of Matt's character. <laughs> 
and then uh, uh, and then we uh, where oh and then Rand leaves because he's like oh I gotta go back to uh, the mountain with Tam. We still see Moraine is just like watching in the window. It's it's nice. We see her a couple of times looking out there. Um, so Rand and Tam are back on the mountain and they're lighting a lantern for uh, Rand's mom who has passed away. Uh, Rand's like, oh, maybe we should be lighting the lanterns with everybody else at Beltine. And they're like, oh no, but the whole point is like to let the spirits like find you back. So uh, find you where you are. So that's why we're doing it here. We get some great dialogue from Tam where he's they're talking about the Wheel of Time. Rand asks, like, when does the Wheel of Time spin somebody out again? Um, and uh, Tam's like, well, nobody knows. But, you know, the point is you just got to do the best with the life you have. And I thought that was a really nice moment. Uh, the wheel keeps turning. Uh, and, uh, yeah, great father-son stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of these relationships are just really beautiful. I love that we learn about the wheel itself and what it means. Um, because in the in the books, this idea of you just do a little bit better each time. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's the, like, that is the culmination of these stories. And we don't really learn that until the, till right towards the end um major spoiler here but you know it's like rand learns that lesson when he's up on that mountain alone and he's like going crazy and he's like wanting to die and what's the point and you know he goes through that huge depression and he comes to the realization that it's it's not about fixing it. It's not about being perfect. It is about just doing a little bit better each time. Yeah. And it's stunning. So I love, love that we get that so early. I think that that is the heart of these books. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And one very picky, dumb quibble I have with us is i'm like um this is not supposed to take place on beltane this is supposed to be winter night which is the four so um i was like it's the battle of winter night not beltane but okay okay i know that doesn't mean anything to anybody but i was feeling like really annoyed by that like, it was very annoyed. I'm sure some other people are very annoyed by it, too. So you're probably not alone. I, of course, didn't notice. But, you know, that's me. It's like, it's the night before bell time. Come on. That's hilarious. Um, okay, so we, we go back to Matt with his sisters. Uh, P and L. Perrin and uh, Layla. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I'm like, what is going on here? My notes are like very cryptic right here. Um, we're getting some other shots of people who are like lighting these lanterns and they're putting them into the river and it's fairly beautiful. And we get some nice moments with Matt who's helping his sisters do that. Um, we see Perrin and Lila doing that. So maybe, I mean, like you were saying, definitely could be. Because oh, yeah. he's holding her the same way again after they like that. Oh, you're right. I didn't even notice that. But I think you hit it. I think that's what it is. They lost a kid. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't even a miscarriage. Maybe they like actually lost a kid. Like a baby. 
interesting. Either way, it's very sad. And really sad, yeah. And then we see Nynaeve lighting a lantern, and she has a beautiful moment. Um, and then we get Moraine, who's in the forest, and she's watching the lanterns float by. She's a little bit further out, so she's not actually in the village where everybody else is. Uh, but she sees Egwene across the river, uh, and they have a little moment where they're kind of watching each other. And then uh, we go back to the village, and Egwene's mom is like, let's give them something worth coming back for. Then they do the dance break, which is lovely. Uh, <laughs> And we see Pot and Fane over by his uh, uh, wagon, and he is watching the festivities with his big old smile. Um, and then Lan finds more rain back in the woods, and he says, the Fade has Trollocs with him. We need to leave right now. Do you know which one it is? And she's like, nope, don't know. Um, and then Egwene is dancing with a kid named Tom, and who suddenly falls forward, and she's like, what happened? And then we see that he's been hit from the back with some kind of crazy weapon and he's bleeding and he dies and a trollic jumps out and it's chaos. Ah, it's the battle of winter night. Now bell time. And, uh, and then, uh, so we see that, uh, Gwen and Nynaeve are together trying to run away from things. Perrin and Layla, they go, they somehow managed to get back into the forge together um, and then Potted Fane is smiling still by his, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, he walks off. Uh, and then Matt's running around and he finds his parents. He's like, where are the girls? They're not there. So he's like, I got to go find my sisters. Um, Nynaeve and Egwene pull an old man out and they watch him die, even though they're trying to like heal people like while this was all happening. What do we think about the uh, start of the battle? I think it was fun. I think it was, I think it was really fun. I think it was weird that Moraine and Lan were so far away. And then also that Lan was like, yeah, we're going to leave before this happens. Like they wouldn't the need to help right away. But right. That felt weird. But other than that, like I liked the start of the battle. Yeah. yeah, I I, I liked the battle. I, mm, say that like you know i know we said in our last episode when we were watching the trailers that we liked the way the trollocs look but i'm a little bit disappointed in them um actually because i don't think there's enough variety yeah they all look the same they look kind of like generic monsters i yeah okay so i was like do i get into this in this part of the battle or later part of the battle um i think think that this is where the show looks kind of cheap yeah i totally agree it's weird it's weird like i think they did a good job on the mirror draws generally like the you know when when we like it's mouth is interesting like like it's fine um but the trollocs just look like you said they just look generic yeah and and we haven't quite gotten to Moraine channeling a whole lot yet. No, but we're about to. So we can talk about that. Let's, yeah. let's jump real quick. So okay. Yeah. To, uh, Rand and Tam. I love that they are separated still. They're still back at their house. So we get the scene where just the one Trollic comes in and they don't know what's happening in the village. Um, we see uh, Tam break out his Heron marked sword. 
which Ooh, is- love how we see that. It was so good. Nice um, close up of that hair, and I was like, yeah, that scene. This scene, I thought they they pretty much nailed. Like it happens pretty yeah. much the way it happens in the book, um, except it's only the one Trolloc. I think in the book there were more Trollocs around that they were. Still- yeah, there were. I think like eight or something. Yeah. Um, but Tam is wounded by the Trolloc, uh, Rand kills it, and uh, Tam's encouraging him to leave him, and Rand's like, no way, I'm getting you to Nynaeve. Um, so then we get back to the village, uh, Nynaeve has that great scream at that Trolloc, oh my gosh, that was a good moment. Oh, she's so fierce. And then, um, and then we see it get cut in half by the power. So here's Borain. She's weaving. Uh, she's throwing fireballs. Let's talk about the weaving. I do not like it. It's the one part of the show that I feel like kind of cringy about. Yeah. I hate that it's like not weaving. She's just like, it's all like these like white threads. They're just swirling around her. She's not really like weaving them. I think we see once they kind of like go up in a double helix, but like, yeah. Otherwise, it's not great. And uh, Mario was saying, like, he was imagining that it would be, like, different colors for each of the, like, you know, spirits yes. all woven together. And, like, you would actually see, like, you know, them intertwined. Um, so I think that uh, poor artistic decisions were made here. I'm sorry, friends. Uh, yeah, I really, really don't like it. And, you know, I think... It just also looks, and I think because they've tried to make it just this generic light, right? When she weaves, it lights up her face. They, they've made the choice that it lights her up mm-hmm. and it looks real fucking weird. Yeah. I do not like the way it looks like she gets this like bright light on her face. And again, to me, it just looks cheap. Yeah, I, I I do not understand. I do not understand how everyone was like, yeah, this looks good. Let's do it. <laughs> right? I don't know. All right, let's continue with our battle. Okay, yeah, let's continue. Yeah, I can... There's so much more weaving to talk about. Okay. <laughs> um, so we get back to uh, uh, Layla and Perrin are now fighting Trollocs in their place. Matt finds his sisters. They've been hiding and he grabs them. And then we see Nynaeve is grabbed and dragged off by a Trolloc by her braid. I loved that, by the way. So good. Yeah, great choice. Um, And uh, uh, because I think like, you know, we so far we haven't seen Nynaeve tug her braid, right? Mm -hmm. I think that I'm hoping that where they're going with this is that it is going to, the, the complexity of her braid being uh, supposed to be like, keep her safe. Like all the stuff that they say about the braid in the um, ceremony that we see and that that's the thing she's pulled away by that. There's going to be like, you know, maybe she's going to battle with how she feels about her braid after this. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it, but they should, they yeah. should listen to you. Everyone, please listen to Tiffany. She had a great <laughs> idea. Um, all right. So we're back. Uh, we're back in the forge now. Layla kills a Trolloc and then Perrin has his ax. He stabs a Trolloc. We see him go into total overkill uh, mode with the Trolloc. Uh, so he's like 
swinging the axe over and over at the trollic, and then he turns rapidly, swings around, and the axe lands right in his wife's stomach. Um, and the wife dies in his arms. Oof. Wow, it was rough. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Beautiful a bad day for Perrin. Beautiful acting moment from him, though, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Big, bold choice here. First parents married, then he kills his wife. Um, I see where they're going with this, you know, because they clearly showed him getting into that, like, uh, you know, animalistic, like, overkill, taking over right before he kills. So I see, like, they're like, oh, this is why he's going to be really afraid of using his axe in the future down the line. Um, but interestingly... Uh, we don't see him like dealing with that death very much. So I'm, in, <laughs> I'm looking uh, forward to seeing where, when that happens. Um, I, yeah. I like that. We see why he's so broody. Like I have, oh, I hate to say it, but like, I don't really like Perrin. Really? Like in general, I don't like Perrin. He's annoying. You mean like as in general, his character? Yeah. He's, he's still so- over though. He's like such an Eeyore. You know what I mean? Aww. He's a gentle giant. (laughs) I'm like, dude, yeah, no, I know. I get it. You want to think through things and that's great. But like, he's like so mopey and in the books. Yeah. Now, you're like, oh, you're mopey because you killed your wife. (laughs) got it you know what i mean like, I, think, I think it really justifies yeah. who he is um you know for good or bad but yeah i mean it's a big bold change i wasn't yeah. like, totally sure what i like feel about it but yeah maybe maybe it'll work you know yeah yeah. If anybody needed some more depth and backstory, it was definitely parents. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so cool. I think, yeah, you know, these are big changes. This is why we're spending so much time on the, on the first episode, because I feel like, I mean, it was, they just like threw a ton of stuff at you and you're just yeah. like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We promise we'll be, we'll spend less time talking about how we feel about changes in the subsequent episodes. Yeah. But this one, they really were just like, here, we're going to throw them all at you, get them out of the way yeah. in the first episode. And I thank you, Amazon, for releasing three at a time. I was annoyed by it at first, but then I was like, oh, I don't know if I hadn't had that second episode to go right into after this one. Like, it was just like too many changes to digest. Uh, yeah. And I think they, you know, maybe they just put them, they front loaded all of them to just be like, listen. We are not the books. Right. It's part of the books, but not the books. So just like get on board or not. Yeah. Deal with it. Uh, Yeah. I was definitely skeptical after the first episode, but I think by the end of the third episode, I was like, okay, I'm pretty on board. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I really wonder how the timing of everything is going to work out. And it's only eight episodes this first season, right? Yeah. So there were only five more episodes left. Like that is not a lot. Like after next week, we are going to be halfway through the season. That's so crazy. Bananas. So I'm very, I'm very curious. I think, yeah, I think that my biggest, my biggest takeaway from this premiere is 
questions. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Definitely more questions than answers at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I think I'm okay with Perrin being married and killing his wife. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Um, all right. So then, um, uh, Egwene's mom finds her. Egwene is like beyond consolable about losing Nynaeve and watching Nynaeve be dragged off. She can't find Nynaeve. We don't know what happened to Nynaeve. Um, but uh, Egwene's mom, Mrs. Alvear, she, she has a first name. We don't know what it is. Uh, she pulls Egwene back away. And we see Moraine. Moraine's there. She's, uh, you know, she's channeling and, and Lan's fending her off. You know, we see other people fighting around her, but she's doing the more of the really, like, cheap channeling. And he's like, oh, there's, oh, oh, some, uh, Trollic throws something at her and she gets stabbed in the shoulder. And then Lan's like, there's too many of them. And she's like, she doesn't say anything, but she's like, no, I got this. But then she like, uses the power to destroy the inn to kill the Trollocs. I don't know about that choice either. Like, why does she need to use the bricks from the inn to, like... This is just, like, another, like, why... It feels like they're using the power to, like, move things to, like... Which I know they do. But, like, it feels like she has to rely on that in a way. Yeah, like, just throw some fireballs. Yeah, where are the fireballs? Send that lightning down. There was lightning coming out of the sky. Like it's that, was, cool. that was a moment I really liked. Yeah, you don't have to destroy the town, Moraine, to see it. <laughs> it just looks cool. I guess. I don't know. It. It. And. Uh, and yeah. And we're seeing. I actually, I actually really loved that moment. Like I agree, it was gratuitous, but I was like, yes. Yeah. No. I mean, it's great that of course she's she won and uh, she did it, but like. You know. And Lan, like, as he, like, runs forward and protects her as the debris comes and covers them. Like, I was I was here for it. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> but then, this, this is also the point where we really saw, like, the group of Trollocs together and the fact that they all looked the same. Yeah. Maybe that's why they did it. Because they were trying to distract us from the fact that all the Trollocs look the same. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. They were not great. All right. So then uh, uh, battle's over. Moraine saved us. Thank you. And uh, uh, Rand arrives with Tam. So we miss. There's no Tam mumbling in delirium about secrets that Rand will now contemplate for the rest of his journey. We don't get that. Big, big miss for me. Yeah. Um. He uh, arrives. Egwene runs to him. He's like, thank the light. They hug each other. Uh, he's like, can Nynaeve help Tam? And she's like, Nynaeve's gone. We see Matt with uh, his sisters protecting them. And uh, the look that him and his dad have. Yeah. Yeah. And then Perrin comes out carrying Layla. And Matt goes to him. And... Uh, puts his arm in his shoulder and that's about the emotion we get from having just killed his wife <laughs> and carried her off. Oh! <laughs> like, damn, dude. <laughs> you could be stoic, Perry, but geez, come on now. 
Um, and then uh, Egwene leads Moraine over to Tam, and we see that she says it's Trolloc poison, and she heals him, and then she's tired. So uh, Rand starts to accuse her, like, hey, lady, you showed up, and then these, like, bad, dark things came, and that seems like a big coincidence. And she's like, they are here for the same reason I am, for the four of you. 20 years ago, this lady said that this dragon was reborn. It's one of you four. The dark one is waking. And y'all got to come with me. And then Matt's like, have you fully lost your mind? And then uh, and then they're like, oh, look, there's more Trollocs in the hill. There's maybe like 20 uh, lights. And they're like, 300 Trollocs. <laughs> it's a full fist. Ah. oh god uh we have no time we must leave now she says and then uh everybody gets on their horses and the town's like the parents are like fully in support a little different from the book but i'm okay with it and then uh uh we get our the wheel of time turns and our intro to uh every book is now given by moraine as they are riding out of the village and everybody's like bye and we're on our adventure and this episode is over we leave taking has happened and there you have it Season one, episode one, go. Oof. Okay, first of all, why did Moraine get hurt? Right, she she doesn't in the book, right? I was like, yeah. that's such a big thing, like, throughout this, uh, through the next episodes, you know, obviously, that I was like, I don't remember that really happening. It, it doesn't. So I actually went back and checked, because I was like, this is so major in these stories. Did this happen? I was like, I don't remember this at all. And it does not happen. So I'm very curious as to what the point of it is. Well, there are some things that I really do love about it. When we get to the next episodes, we can definitely talk about it. But okay. um, but it, right now, it's just like, it doesn't, it obviously didn't happen in the books. It's going to change many things. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like where it heads, though. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. I, oh gosh. So I definitely felt like the end of the episode was just a, ab, an absolute whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know how, I just kept thinking like, well, how do, how are other people who are maybe not as invested in this series as I am, how, how would they take this? Cause it all felt to me, it felt really rushed towards the end. The actual, the actual leave taking felt very rushed. Um, so I didn't love that. I mean, I think scale of one to 10, I would put this episode at like a, a 6.8. Okay. All right. I was thinking yeah. seven. So I think we're pretty like, this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like, uh, you know, you were thinking seven, like a, like a normal person, like not trying to get some weird hyper specific number. Um, yeah. Yeah. Seven. We'll say seven. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of things that I missed, like from the story in the books that aren't here. Like, so obviously mm-hmm. huge change. No Tom Marilyn. Um, in yeah. The- in the two rivers, which I think also has domino effects, right? Mm-hmm. Later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I missed the coins. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm wondering I just, how that's going to like play out, right? Because that's how she, how they all get reunited. Yeah. 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 I miss the coins. I miss, I miss Tom. I miss, you know, more than anything, I miss the innocence. I miss the innocence of our characters. I really, really miss that. Um, I actually, so like I said, I've been rereading them and I decided that I'm going to stop and I'm just going to try and enjoy the show for itself. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea. I don't know. I'm like, I kind of, uh, I, you know, I, I put down um, New Spring and I picked up last night. So I didn't obviously get very far <laughs> into the eye of the world. Um, but I was intending to kind of continue it. Um yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing is, so the other reason that I decided to stop was because just in these first three episodes, we blow through this book. Oh, yeah. And I, like a lot of, I mean, well, that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to read through it because I felt like like there are things out of order yeah. um, that are happening. Uh, obviously, there's a huge change, like we talked about with Maureen getting injured. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... It's, it is a weird choice just because, like, I think we talked about last time, like, Moraine was, like, my, like, anchor through the books. And if she, yeah. she's not really leading the show anymore, uh, yeah. you know, she's just. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that is how, maybe that's why they're having her injured mm. to kind of take her out of that, that anchor position. Yeah. Well, there are, again, like, I feel, I feel bad because I keep wanting to jump ahead since they did release all three episodes together and I watched them all together. But, like um you know there's there's definitely some some great things about her not being yeah not being like totally awake during the whole thing yeah um yeah yeah. liked it not sure about it um I will say so what I so two things that I have found to be helpful when like double checking this stuff is there, I don't have the website in front of me, but there is a website that actually just gives a um, a chapter by chapter synopsis. Mm. So I'm like, wait, you know, so I can like go back and check like that. And then for all of our listeners, um, hold on, let me grab it. So I actually also have the Wheel of Time Companion, the people, places, and history of the best-selling series so you can like literally just like look up anything and get an entire breakdown of the people i really i like saw i was like flipping through it and there's a breakdown of a guy who sends off carrier pigeons oh i love it because there's just so many there's so many characters like as we get deeper into this like like eye of the world is so great because it's like pretty compact you know like you're not following but it's like oh man by the time we get to like book 14 you're just like i can't i why why was this guy in it before like who is this um (laughs) yeah i think it's solid seven out of ten yeah seven out of ten love it ish Love it ish. <laughs> also, I need to uh, go back 
to my recap and make them more thorough after listening to yours. Well, I don't know, because mine was like an hour and 40 minutes, so maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like this is okay for like the first episode because so much was different, but like it doesn't have to be this thorough. I don't know. Okay. I was like, oh, she did a really good job. Oh, um, also, I Googled it. It's Marin, Marin Alvier. Marin. Yeah. Thank you. Well, most of the book, she's called Mistress, Mistress Alvier. So. Alvier. Yes. I like her. Oh my gosh. I skipped the part where like all the ladies with the pitchforks attack the trollic. My, oh, that was great. Lady, my lady attacked the trollic with the pitchfork. Okay. And that what? Okay. And that I really, really liked because we see the grit of the two rivers people, yeah. right? Like they are confronted with monsters that they think are only in stories and they, they, they take them on. Yeah. Um, and we don't really see that in the book. I mean, we kind of, we just see the aftermath. So we have no idea what, what happens in the book. Yeah. And I just love that, that, that we, we see, you know, yeah. Amos' blood runs strong, right? The, the old blood sings. Um, love it. I loved it. I thought that was really cool. That was a lot. That was a lot. It was a lot. I think the other two episodes aren't nearly as intense. Like, this first episode was just a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. It, it was a lot story-wise. It was a lot for my, like... 15 year old heart to take yeah. right like watching the show like I'm still it's like my 15 year old self is still like watching I don't know if that makes any sense cool yeah awesome well okay so we'll be back with another episode on Thursday this week uh, and we will definitely talk to you then but until then May you find water and shade.